I was like, but you know, when I'm like on a panel, I just talk shit and throw jokes left, right and center until I actually get to what it is I want to say, and then I put it out there. It's kind of probably how this would be. I can't wait. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Uh, we're sitting in the park in Dalek Hill, and maybe I'll let you introduce yourself. Wombat Radio, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm Thomas E.S. Kelly. I'm a Bunjalung Rajari man. Born and bred from far north New South Wales in southeast Queensland, um, which is the Bunjalung country that I grew up on, my grandmother's country. And um, yeah, a multidisciplinary artist of some sorts. Always seems to get myself into positions where I'm like, oh, how did I get here again? Mm. Mm. Which is always quite fun. Do you feel like you're multi, multi everything? Yeah. Like multidisciplinary, multi uh, socioeconomic, multi ethnic, multi. not multinational. You've only got one passport, right? I do, I do. But I did a DNA test, so I could probably eventually start <laughs> chasing up and getting another one. I have a lot of Irish in me that I didn't know existed, so there's something there. Hmm. But that was, that's actually a really awesome figuring out thing that um, Irish, because I did being back home for Christmas uh, I was I'm, I'm doing oh I'm, I'm advancing Wollumbin morning oh yeah um, <laughs> embargo I got an Osco <laughs> grant to take it further so it's like 30 grand which I've been meaning to like send a message but I've been holding out because of the whole embargo thing at the moment mm. but uh, inviting you to come in and whatnot when I figure out also when stuff's happening great um, yeah that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So just just one week for me to go up there to look yeah. at, and yeah. then then um, two weeks to bring in eight eight people to up to, there. No, down here. Okay. And um, then also trying to sort out some stuff with Norpa and seeing if they can get a bit more involved and whatnot. Absolutely. But um, so but with the Irish thing, when I was back home and I was going out to the mountain and having a look at it, there's a there's a place in there's a place called Fingal, which is where my grandmother was born, and actually where they threw all the black followers when they came to Tweed, mm-hmm. and uh, because they thought there was only one way in, one way out, but of course the early Aboriginal people knew how to walk through the mangroves and stuff. And, um, and then there's a place there called a, it's a causeway, which we called I forget what the name we call it because I only just learned it, but it means the the Great Echidna, and it's these basalt rocks that are kind of hexagonal or square kind of from the Mount Warning was a volcano so when it hit the seawater it cooled it all down mm. and um, it's this awesome looking like it looks like it's not man-made but it doesn't look natural yeah, wow. but you know it couldn't be man-made of some sort and there's only two of them in the world and the other one's in in Ireland and then, um, so there's there's a future future project is is wanting to play on that connection of myself discovering that I'm like by percentage wise that there's more like Irish in me than the Aboriginal percentage and um, that the only two places is is where my Aboriginal country is and this new foreign nationality that I possess hmm. of some sort is it antipodal antipedal so spots that are directly opposite on the earth I wonder if Ireland is directly opposite like this place in Ireland I wonder yeah. if it's directly opposite this place in have to look well, into it. Yeah, that'll be. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, the Giants Causeway is what it's called. In cool. I know the story from mine. It was just like two giants, and it's kind of like a. I love that one across the water in like England or something. The giant was, and, and trying to cross the water. They built the bridge out of that, but then 
people destroyed it or something like that because they were like, it can't happen. And I think they killed the female giant or something. That That's all that's left is what's in Ireland. It's sad. I can't say I Ireland. I have to say Ireland. Ireland. No, Ireland. Because when you say it's from Ireland, it's like, which island? Yeah, it's like saying Maori instead of Maori. Yeah. 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 It's not really the word. I feel that way about croissants from supermarkets. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're actually just buttery dough. They're not yet... If something isn't at a certain level, it's not yet a croissant. Which is the like, anything can be dance, but actually there is dancing. In the same way that people seem to understand that there is singing and there is talking, and there's a point where your talking crosses over into singing, and it's no longer talking, I think there has to be a point with dance where, and pedestrian movement, or just movement, where your movement somehow crosses over and becomes dancing. And I don't know where it is, but I do think that there's a difference. I think there is a difference. Because mm. when you take just walking, that's one of the hardest things to do on stage. Because <laughs> when people try to act walking and end up all stiff and proper, and it's mm. like, but then taking it to not too pedestrian to look like you are literally just strolling through the street or running. They're the, probably the two things that when I see them on stage, I'm always like, oh, they do that all right? Or I'm like, Oh, and then always I get scared when I do it as well like yeah. in my head I'm like I hope I don't look weird from the outside because there are times when you don't look weird from oh. the outside <laughs> <It's heaps of laughs> I actually just found a review on um, a show uh, did you see the show I did with Vicky Van Hoot Le Festivities Le Bouffier for Liveworks maybe two years ago uh, no was it in the foyer um, it was originally in the foyer and then but that was for the one of their 30 ways of time and space and then they brought us back the next year for the okay. first live works and we get drunk and then we give alcohol to the audience and stuff and just right. dance but I found a review for that last night and then it was something like um, Kelly with his like slight and um, elegant mustache and his creamy extended limbs <laughs> I loved it I actually I copied and pasted it and when you go onto my webpage it's yeah. like Thomas S. Kelly the picture that you took of me is oh, yeah. there with the thing and right. then the quote from um, Lynn Lancaster, dance informer. Elegant mustache. I loved it. That's like the first line. <laughs> oh, yeah. The favorite one I ever got was Matt Cornell is simply exquisite. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think it was in reference to a scene where I was being a merman. <laughs> but you don't have to put that context in, I guess. About taking simply things out of context. <laughs> merman, yeah. <laughs> um, so. On behalf of the podcast, I should ask, what are you thinking about or working through? Um, I'm, I'm working on, well, in, it, in its bare form, I'm trying to really plan 2017. Yeah. Getting getting this all together. I've, well, if you follow Chinese calendar, it doesn't start for another month. So you've still got time. <laughs> and don't rock up for contracts. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, no, wrong, wrong year. Wrong year, Chinese wrong calendar, yeah. Um, I've, I've had the first two weeks off this so this week and um, next week I have off, which has kind of been a little bit nice because then I've been able to sort things out. I got a new car. Oh, me too. Did you? What's yeah. yours? Vo uh, Vida Box. Uh, <laughs> an ATM machine uh, yeah, yeah a, a V-Dub Golf cool yeah cool it's like it's great well, Tari and I got pulled over by the cops before Christmas in the old car it's, well it's the old one because it's still registered South Australian and we keep getting grilled and we got to a point where we're like 
Oh, well, what happened? There was an RBT and Tari freaked out and told me to pull over and I didn't think about it and just pulled over. You never pull over in front of an RBT. Cops were right next to us. We got grilled for ages because it was like, why did you pull over? We didn't even do anything wrong. It was just because it was South Australian license plates and neither of yeah, us have right. a license for here. So by the time we pulled out, I was like, that's it. New year, new car. So what'd you get? A, uh, a really old one, actually. It's a Toyota Land Cruiser Bandera. So it's it, it's like a troopy, but really short. Okay. So it's only two doors, and the back isn't quite as big. But I, it just has all the, f- the, f- the dash and all the front inside is exactly the same as the Toyota Ute I had when I was a teenager. So it's a bit nostalgic. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. See, I think we've had enough of the nostalgic. The, <laughs> the car we had for the last eight years was the 1990 Toyota Camry. Yeah, right. I mean, it was enough it was, nostalgia. Yeah, we're, we're done with. Um, it felt like if the if the wind blew too hard, the car was going to tear in half. Okay. So we're, we're got this car. It was a steel. It's a leather seat. It's got a little GPS navigation system. We, I feel like a flash black now. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to take that back home to my family because I think I've got money. They already think I'm rich because I like travel different places. And I'm like, you know. I, I, Someone else pays. For yeah, like the boss but, um, pays. So, kind of sorting that out and sorting out all these things, you know, the projects that I'm working on. I'm making a new work in Melbourne, being commissioned for, and That's then doing cool. another one for Who's Pat. That, for? Uh, that one's for outer urban projects. Oh yeah, cool. Um, yeah. So they commissioned me to do that. So there's a we got to head down to Melbourne a couple of times this year, and then that has a season in September at the Melbourne Art Centre, and then. PAX commissioning me to do a new work for their afterglow season this year. Man. That's going to be in November. Um, plus my stuff that i got to do with Sean Parker and with Branch Nebula and then my own work. So I've got... Uh, they were my own works, those other ones. But then my other one with <laughs> The Mountain and I applied for Muron Sal- Salon, one of the Playwriting Australia's Indigenous mm-hmm. playwriting things. So I had to write a play for that and then I got that. So now I'm a playwright as well. How do you write a play? Um, I just sat down and then just wrote just a story. Started, yeah. I, I had a story that I went and then it totally went on a different path, which I liked better. And then um, didn't even give them characters. I was like, woman one, woman two, man one, man two, man three. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then went through and gave them names. And just the opening scene, which was about three, I don't know, three pages. I actually don't know if that's an opening scene, but for me that was um, just so they could see some stuff. And and um, yeah, it was currently titled Storybox. Let's see where that goes. Tari hates it. Okay. She usually hates everything I do. Well, it helps me grow. Yeah, you've got to have someone around you that's got high standards. Yeah. Who yeah. you like enough to keep around when they keep telling yeah. you shit like that. Because if I get rid of her, then I have to go to Vicky and that might be a bit too high of Yeah, standards. I don't know if you're ready that's for that. <laughs> too much of a jump. Um, so doing that and then just playing around with some music stuff and... Yeah, sorting everything out. So that's kind of what my head is just, it's like a jigsaw puzzle at the moment and I'm still trying to figure out the, mm. the few pieces. And are you mainly thinking logistics or are you also thinking trajectory of investigation, subject matter and topics? And... Uh, it's a bit of both. So it, it depends on the project. So like yeah. for the mountain one, I'm thinking of everything, where I want it to go, where timelines, I've got my checklist down in place. Um, who I'm getting, how I'm going to get them, what I want to do material-wise, the stories. And then with something like the pack thing, it's like, all I know is it's happening and, mm. I, and I haven't thought anything else and who I'm going to get. And knowing that it clashes when I'm going to be in working with Sean, so I actually have to get it done before then because I won't perform in it. I'll give it, I'm going to 
do something with Tara and Kalina, I think, and um, they'll just have a little duet, which I'm sure they'll be fine. I haven't talked to them about it, just, but they're doing it. <laughs> That's the price. They'll hear it here first. Yeah, yeah. They'll listen to the podcast first on oh, Wombat Radio. Put, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better put that in my diary. Um, yeah, and kind of doing a few things. I did a, I did some painting last year, which was fun. Um, when we go back to the house, I'll show you the painting I did. Awesome. Actually, it's got wombats in it. Yes. There's wombats in the painting. It was from when They're I was in everywhere. Bundanon. That was a fun two weeks with performance space. I did, like, everything in it. I totally artistically um, exhausted myself because I just kept doing different things. But I, I did, like... So, first thing is, like, I was going to work on dance stuff and I was, like, in the dance studio for a couple of days and then I went for a bushwalk and did some improv things and then we toured Arthur Boyd stuff and I was like, oh, I want to paint a picture... So we drove into town and I bought art supplies and I painted a picture and then I wrote some poems and then I made some music and then they pulled out this camera that we borrowed from UNSW and I was like, that's a really flash camera. So I Googled it and it's a $5,000 camera. Yeah. So I had had check-ins. They're like, what are you going to do today, Tom? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to make a short film because I've never played with a $5,000 camera before and I want to do it. Hmm. So then I did that and everyone actually joined in in it and there's a, we have this video of us running through the bush and like Nat Abbott's in that and then I got Jeff Kahn and, and Claire Hicks and a couple right. of other people and um, then made the music to that and then we had a little, little showing there and so kind of all those things are kind of still floating around in my head of being able to touch on all these different types of artistic things and evaluating what I want to be like do mm. I want to be the dancer or do I want to be the choreographer or am I happy being bits and pieces of everything but then how does does being bits and pieces of everything make me less valued or like because I'm not doing one enough so kind of figuring out how I can be this really well-rounded multidisciplinary artist and um, being able to do them all at a good level I mean according to the Australia Council standards within um, your first five years as an emerging artist so I'm in my last year of an emerging artist this year so better emerge that's um you better get ready <laughs> break that chrysalis yeah figuring that out figuring um you know, I just I know it's a title, but it's a good little, little like for me. That's kind of what I've been playing with and seeing what happens next year when I'm when I'm in the emerged. That, yeah, mid mid career would that be? Well, I hope not, because then that's a pretty short career. Early career, <laughs> early career. <laughs> not established, because I'm definitely still think I'm establishing. West mm. Coast doesn't know anything about me yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the cane toad. You're not really... (laughs) Until you get all the way across, you haven't really arrived. Is that because I'm a Queenslander? (laughs) Well, they did only get to Darwin a few years ago. But I think they're apparently a lot faster, the ones that got to Darwin. They evolved on the way across. (laughs) And the ones that didn't evolve died out. Yeah, that's what usually happens. Yeah. Why... Why so many different things? I think um, I always had this idea, I guess, probably from when I was studying, that kind of you had to go have this career as this dancer before you could really play around with everything else. And I got to a point where I was like, I really like just telling stories, whether it is for someone else or telling my own. And seeing that there was heaps of opportunities to get in and tell my own stories. So mm. I, um, I, I just wanted to do it and then I started you know 
lack of money meant that I had to make my own music and then I really enjoyed doing that and um, I wanted to be an actor before I actually transitioned to dance through high school and stuff so I actually wrote a play when I was like in year five or year six that my school put on so I've I've always had a like for the so you were validated at that age yeah yeah although that play didn't go down too well I was um I was the narrator and I and I don't think the other guys really learnt their stuff quite well that I actually got halfway through it when they kind of looked at each other and I was like all right, that's it. The play's done, and I threw my script and walked off stage, mm. like a like a diva of some sort of. And you think you've grown out of that? No, no, okay. definitely making misconceive. I had those moments. Okay, not on stage though. More in the theatre room. Uh, the girls got it together. I was the one who screwed up. But I was like, but I'm allowed to. <laughs> I was focused on you too much. Uh-huh. Not allowed to. At all. It'll be. It'll be allowed to. I'm saying I'm allowed to. How do you find when you start an idea? and then it ends up being picked up or becoming somebody else's, like when you were saying about Branch or Sparko Co. Um, as in like when we're developing stuff like their show and then I do a suggester. Um, or have you done something where you feel like it's your idea and then they take it and run with it, like what's coming up? Um... Not, not as much. No, I mean, I know, I know when I present, like when I've offered things, and I know that it's, um, like I see a lot of, like that's myself, and and what the style that I've got is, like not unique to just me, but unique to a very, very minimal amount of people. Like through mm. my training of indigenous cultural dance and Vicky and stuff like that, which mm. not many people are exposed to. So I know what I do when I'm in a room with something like Branch and um, or with, with Sean Parker is, is you know no one else really in that room does what what I can do that I do with my choreography and stuff so when I present that I know that that's me and it's kind of coming through and then I'm teaching it to everyone but I I do think about it like it's I'm I wouldn't offer it if it wasn't something that um, mm. that could be taken because it's the same with the cultural stuff when I look at it and I if I see a cultural element that can um, fit in with the fit in with it, I will offer it. But I also like I, I wouldn't offer it if I knew that there was cultural ramifications to it if it was to be used, or if it was, I would I would discuss it beforehand. Kind of, mm. I I didn't really have to do any of that with Sean. We kind of um, it wasn't it just didn't fit in for me to bring forward any of the cultural stuff. But with Branch, I know that there was um, a couple of times where where I. I presented things and spoke to them about it and I was like no no this is fine like, or we brought in props and I was like no this is fine this is you know for, for like for my people mm. women and men do this so it's fine that she wears that um, uh-huh. or but I was like you might get that from other people but there there is the for mine it's fine and you've got me in it and I'm presenting it and I offered it you have an arts kind of thing so I and that's the same with my technique as well like I see things it's interesting when um when you see something go down a path of like a content matter that you are you're exploring and and you didn't present it either and especially like if I didn't present it I'm like I have no grounds to say no or anything like that so I go with it and um, it's interesting it's interesting to see uh, you get to work with more people and it's like oh we're all I'm working on that so like, oh but I worked on that with those people as well and then you're working on it it's like just mm. the same thing when I made Misconceive actually like when we went to the big check-in in Melbourne 
and sitting in a circle and everyone telling their works and there was, you know, however many Indigenous artists, but like six of them presented it kind of the same way I presented mine. And I was like, here I was thinking I had this really original work and no, we've all just got the same issues that we want to tell the story, but in completely different ways, which is... Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's very, like, everyone's, everyone's informed by the same things. It's just really different how your mind takes it and runs with it. Yeah, and hopefully it's um, your mind and its shaping of some kind of experience speaks to some other... speaks to a community of people that is not spoken to by the other artists. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like that... Um, there was there's a scene in Family Guy where Stewie's writing a love song for a girl with the girl's name in it, and asked Brian to name how how many other love songs there are for girls with girls' names in it, and Brian just like like seventy other love songs from Layla to Roxanne, and um, <laughs> yeah, he throws the guitar down, storms out, but you know Roxanne doesn't really speak to me in the way that Layla speaks to me, or right. Angie speaks to me. Oh. (laughs) Um, So how, I mean, I I feel like I saw a little bit of how you're working with Wollumbin and how you worked with Misconceive, but maybe looking to the future of how you expect to work with these things that you're about to do. Like, you're going to get in a studio, you're going to have some dancers... And then, um, well, the the big thing with Wollumbin this time around. Um, so the thing with with Misconceive when we did that, the rush was that we made that in two weeks. Okay. Um, great, you know. Still, a lot needs to be done. If it ever, if I get the chance to do it again, there needs to be at least like a week or two remount and reorganising. Yeah. Um, even you know, great great response from it and stuff like that like from that that's why I'm being commissioned for that work in, in Outer Urbans which is awesome so that that definitely had a purpose but it's oh look the misconceived tattoo um, I've already got the Wollumbin one so I don't know what I'm going to do when that show happens um, so you could shout your cast or Wollumbin tattoo <laughs> give them all one just uh, a little one shave the eyebrow off get the thing under it and then it'll grow back oh do the shave the side of the head and put like the oh, yeah, the line on the head we might that make that costume okay um yeah so that was like done in two weeks and then the first time when I got to play around with Wollumbin um you know I I was on crutches for like a week and a half and I had a studio where you had to be quiet because of little people oh yeah which actually by the last two or three days I got tired of them and just made a noise anyways because I was like, screw it. Uh, you, five of them are crying anyways. I'm like, they're not even asleep. No. So with this one, like, the plans to have a two-week with the, with all the dancers. Oh, and the other thing was because it's like it was a free resident, voluntary residency. So, you know, some days I had four people or five people. Mm. And the cast is actually going to be hugely reshaped this time around. Just to, to, like, it was it was always planned that with the with the guys. And, then, and I did reiterate that, like, saying... You know, if I get to take it to the next level, when there's money involved, I got to do what's best for the project. You know, not everyone was suited before. Some people, like Amelia, know is going back to to Germany, whatever. And yeah, 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 that's a bit too. I far. might get some money, but I might not get enough <laughs> to bring you over. Um, and all of that. So it's going to be really interesting. Like I'll, I'll get in the studio, 
to two weeks again no pressure that was the best thing about those two weeks was that there was no pressure like I wasn't being made for something other than wanting to get good footage to to, to show to people and try and get more funding um, so then this time it's going to be that same no pressure but now it's like two weeks fingers crossed I'm going to be able to move and I've got eight dancers or so that are that are going to be in the space full time Mm. Monday to Friday, nine to five, or whatever we go with. And then what do you weeks. do with them? So then with them, um, I'm I'm going to be physical more and being able to give them a lot more mm. um, choreography, which is because I've got a bit of a particular style, and because I'm I'm still also performing and able-bodied, um, I I do micromanage a lot with the choreography. So that's one thing that did kill me a lot with the last one, watching mm. the footage back. And I was like, this was nice and pretty, but I don't do nice and pretty. Like, I didn't like that. And I wanted to, I needed to put in more hits. So I'm really revisiting some of the stuff, the old stuff, mm. um, uh, which I've already started doing and finding even like these solo phrases that was made up that I was like, wow, this is really cool. We didn't even touch on that after I filmed this. So looking at, re-looking at those and revisiting some material the week before, it, the plans to be having my research development so then having a whole bunch of stories community elders and that are coming in that we're going to create a new language song so there's mm. going to be teaching this new language song That's cool. to everyone or at least where it's at and then having that informed movement um, so there's a lot more of me hands on with everyone starting off with I need um, the other thing that I did in the last development that I want to change is I had a lot of um, everyone did everything at the same time yeah no. so I need to like that's nice for like you know, Great. a little a little bit of time. And you can't be in my show. I don't think you'd pull your weight. They don't weigh very much. <laughs> then they're not good for partnering. And um, so looking at really developing like the individuals, yeah, yeah individual yeah. movement phrases. There's and, more texture in that. And having them have like a bit more like of a partnership with each other kind of stuff as mm. well. Well, I guess you got to develop your ensemble. Yeah, absolutely. So, I've, I've, how do you choose your ensemble? Uh, it was it was quite hard. Like, do they have to be indige? No. So I've got no, no. It's a my perfect my perfect goal was a half and half cast. <laughs> I, whoa! Well, let's rewind that one. Um, it's like half indigenous cast and a half non-indigenous cast. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. And then, um, because I think it's very, for me, it's very important with the work I like. I, I always try to note that my work is this reconciliation through my art. So having one half of Indigenous artists and one half of non-Indigenous artists creates the opportunity for the non-Indigenous artists to learn about the Indigenous content and history and stuff, but also for the non-Indigenous art, uh, for the Indigenous artists to learn how to teach it and share it as well. Because sometimes it's not always... For, for me, my experience of traveling around and, and um, doing like different, being a part of different things, being a part of companies or going to festivals and indigenous festivals and non-indigenous festivals, this is not always, it's not always the non-indigenous people not wanting to learn all the time. Sometimes I've met people that want to learn, but it's, it's the indigenous people not knowing how to teach it as well. So this is kind of bringing both together. And in the same breath, you know, there's also a lot of non-indigenous people who just don't care to learn at all. So it's a, this is a good way of bringing together all of that together and being able to share it. And having also not just like my non-Indigenous cast wouldn't just be like white dancers either. 
Um, no, because that's not Australia. Either. No, so I've got like like um, good friend of both of ours, Libby. Libby will come back, and you know, Australian Filipino, and he's sharing his stuff, and a few other. I, I asked Kino. Great. And Kino's cool because we're both actually she's from Tweed as well. <laughs> so, well, she's from where Kyoto and then Tweed. Yeah, or yeah, and then somewhere Tweed. in Japan. Now her family's in Tweed, and so she knows the mountain quite well. And, and she also um, knows how to speak like she's from Tweed. <laughs> Bit of the little bit of the boganess <laughs> twang. Well, there's lots of like the cultural difference. I was thinking about this the other day. Nobody would assume that a white dude from Melbourne is the same as a white dude from Broome, mm. but for some reason, there's an assumption that an indigenous dude from Melbourne is the same as an indigenous dude from Broome. Yeah, it's like I had somewhat like Perth had like some won some native title battle or something like that they're like oh aren't you happy about that and I was like why and you're like <laughs> like it's good for them but you know my yeah, family doesn't benefit from that like yeah like I understand what you're meaning but also that's the, that's the same thing it's like we're not all the same like no we're only the same because federation created a nation over top of yeah totally on this landmass that was yeah. I always wonder how it would be if someone else did colonise another part of Australia and how those Indigenous people would be treated to us. Yeah. Like if I look at America and Canada. Yeah. Like or, or even Africa. Yeah. With the Dutch, yeah, if the Dutch stayed on in the northwest, the mm. way that they stayed on in Cape Town. He's getting all arky up, isn't he? Who's um? Or she? Not assuming. Sorry. Who? Who's inspiring you with their work? So the the main inspiration for it, um, or the, even just their work that they're doing, or oh, people who are inspiring you, artists or non-artists. People who are inspiring artists, non-artists. <laughs> um, who? Who do? You, where do you get inspiration from, mate? YouTube's a good help. Yeah. Um, I love the How It's Made video series. It's like, nerds. I wonder how nerds are made. <laughs> or like toothpaste, yeah. Let's look how our toothpaste is made. It's real crazy. Well, I, I mean, I always love to... I mean, it's the, the, big, one, the big ones of like Akron Khan and Hoffa is just awesome mm. to look at. There's just this spectacle that I enjoy looking at and there was a few people that I can't remember the name but I, I loved looking at when I was working with Sean Parker and looking um, uh, Manny Manny Dado was showing me these people in Belgium or Berlin or wherever mm. over there that is and they were just like crazy just kind of looking for all those just really like some of them I don't even remember but I find them on YouTube and I'm like oh I love that um, you know I'm really excited to go see Inheritor album at um Sydney Festival, the company from Canada, mm. I think like Company 605 they're called, really enjoyed watching the trailers of some of the stuff that they've mm. done, and um, you know, and inside of Australia, I was, you know, I mean, I'm excited to go see Spectra, mm. I want to, you know, go, which I only just re- realised last night that I can go see, so I have to get my ticket to go see them. When, um, what's your company name? Um... I haven't I haven't picked a company name yet, so it's it's still just like Thomas E. S. Kelly. Um, only because I'm I mean I know I thought about it at one stage and then I, and then one there's a few reasons like one all right let's not get ahead of ourselves let's just calm down. 
you know, <laughs> still an emerging artist for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's kind of like, oh, do it? Does it? Do I make it an indigenous name, or do I make it a non-indigenous name, or an indigenous word? Or yeah. Um, well, there's some. I mean, there's quite a number of words that are both now. Yeah. They originated on on one side and they merged, or they crossed over, or like I was stunned to find gammon written down on a menu when I got to Britain because I always grew up thinking gammon was an indigenous word or an NT. <laughs> Did you try it? But it's just bacon, it's just pig. Oh. I know. That's a bit gammon then. I know. I know. The realizations that travel forces upon you. But my sister did give me a stubby cooler for Christmas that says Budju on it. There's <laughs> some woman in Darwin is, which I am also going to assume is an indigenous word that hasn't originated somewhere else. Yeah, or it's Budju dances. <laughs> or Gammon dances. Uh, you don't want to be the Gammon dance company. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's... Um, the Cam and Dance Company. Um, yeah, so not really, not really thinking that no, far no. ahead. I think because also like I'm, like I haven't got that one, like I'm not running it full time or anything like that. So it's something that I don't have to think about. Like I'm, I'm getting pulled as an individual to do a few things. So mm. building my name is kind of happy with that. And then, and then in the in the end, I just follow someone like Sean Parker and Company or Anthony Hamilton Projects. So. Oh, yeah, projects. Lucy Guerin Inc. This is plenty, plenty of our own names that are. What about experiment? The Thomas E. S. Kelly experiment. The Thomas E. S. Kelly. Hey, look, with all the with all the art forms I'm dabbling in, who yeah. knows? It, it it is all there. Possibility. Something that um, just looking when I I climbed Mount Warning just after Christmas, and um, it's quite interesting the shadows. The shadows of the clouds on the the landscape beneath it was pretty amazing. And there's something I was just watching the butterfly mm. and the shadow that it was creating, and that's something with the mountain that I want to look further into is the the shadows that's created. Interesting things are what you see from the top. Like there's these two lakes that have no like large bodies of water. They might not have been lakes, whatever the correct term for them are. But there's two large bodies of water that have no idea what they are, mm. but close enough to have been like right near where I've grown up. And then there's like all this green, and then there's this bright red patches and stuff like that from the top that I see, and the and then all the other random points. A couple of them that aren't mountains that are like boulders that are now covered in trees from when it was a volcano. Mm. It's quite interesting. I bought a new camera as well. $5,000 one. Oh, thought about it. <laughs> no, you just borrow those. Quick. Now I got a... Um, it was like 13, 1400? Because um, you're going to do photography as well? Yeah, yeah, looking into taking some pictures. i got to build up my Instagram um, <laughs> profile followers. So I'm, I'm at T-E-S-K-12, at Tesk12 on Instagram. You follow me on Twitter, but I don't really watch that. I follow that. It's just, it's just there. Yeah. Um, no, but I got that because, like, docu- like making the video of what I'm, it was just so good. Mm. I was like, oh, you can tell when it switched from your camera to my camera. Mm. <laughs> like, and I've had that other one for, like, five, six years now. And 
it's like 400 bucks rush bought and I um so I just thought oh well I had a bit of money saved up and I thought well I'm going to invest because I've got a few like I've got a lot of these projects coming up of me making stuff and I want to be able to if I didn't have the money to get someone in or if I do mm. a show and I pay to get one person in but I have a good enough camera to film all the other shows like as well yeah. like Misconceive I've got one filming of Misconceive like I, I really misjudged that when I said don't worry about Melbourne totally should have got Melbourne as well because that was when I had all the lights that I wanted I had, yeah I did think about it at the time I almost pushed it because I have the anxiety that it takes so much to get something up you can't wait and see you yeah. gotta do it in case and I've been like I haven't been able to get in contact with them to get like I, I don't know if Andrew's had the same problem but how that person came and filmed and I was like can I get the footage and can I get like they sent us like four photos or something like that I'm like can I get some more photos like, <laughs> oh, I think that's all they took I'm like if that's all they took then you need to get your money back this is a 60 minute show when you got four photos <laughs> they were the best they were the best <laughs> four <laughs> they were the best they were the, the four that was edited and sent back but um yeah no so I don't want that to happen so I just I got well, like a Nikon D7200 and cool um I've had fun have fun with it so far you can just climb out the mountain taking pictures and what <laughs> <laughs> What would be, um, uh, I'm just thinking about, like, do you think you'll ever run out of stories to tell? Because I'm making the assumption from what you've been saying, but it sounds like everything you do is to tell a story. No, I won't run out of stories. I got fifty thousand years of stories. <laughs> and do, do they feel like your stories, or do they feel like stories that have come to you? It's a bit of both. Yeah. Like, like as I venture more down this Wollumbin morning track, it's interesting how things are, things pop out at me, mm. and to see it more for like a sign in a kind of like a directional kind of marking and then and you know that follow this path and stuff instead of just thinking I was so amazing that it I thought of it up it's kind of thing like seeing those red those red flowers which then led to the shadow that then blocked out the red flower and being like oh now I'm looking at shadows that that type of thing is really interesting and to acknowledge all that type of stuff mm. but um, some of them are my like misconceived was my story and some things are something that I'm interested in. So I'm looking at with this this bit that I'm creating for um, for Pat. I'm looking at exploring an echo. That's awesome. Um, and then just and and trying to not overthink that one and literally just leave it at that. Just echo. And then I have a few little off branches I want to go at. But not, when I get in this studio, especially with the girl, and because I'm not going to be there. I'm going to hand it over to them when they go in for tech. Like, they're going to run it. Like, it's going to be a bit of a collaborative thing. And I'll, I'll craft a lot of it, but also want them to have a good hand. But looking at things like, obviously, there's, off the top of my head, there's the basic echo of, like, off, off the walls. There's echo through time, like, looking at what it, things that Indigenous people had that are used in current days or that is a big part of Looking at some of the AFL how it was an Aboriginal game that's now this massive sport culture 
um, non-indigenous things that have come through time that even just was a small invention like cars and planes and how what they are now to people and kind of things so just how things have echoed and then the sound and through time and all that so that's something that I was just interested in that I thought why not and packed and the packed theater is like a nice big space that you can play with those that's types true. of stuff as well there's um I think Dolby the company that does all the sound for cinemas they've got a system where they can like a room audio treatment system where they can give you any size room. They can make it sound like you're in any size room. You go in and it's completely dead, but there's microphones everywhere. And they can choose whether it's a cathedral or a bathroom or a, a closet or whatever. And it just produces reverb or echo so that you get completely full. If you had a blindfold on, you would think you're in a large space, even if you're not, because that all comes from sound. And this other really cool thing, I think it's only, uh, there's a certain amount of delay that our ears will just adjust to and deal with. And then beyond that delay, it starts sounding like a delay or an echo. Or sorry, it starts sounding like a reverb. And then if a reverb is long enough, it starts sounding like an echo. Um, which is pretty interesting because Echoes seem to be these things that need to take at least a certain amount of time mm. for them to be called an echo, but maybe they don't. Or if they take too long, like you're saying, through long periods of time, they're forgotten about or something. Mm. They're not seen as an echo anymore. There's also just super weird things that, like when you're talking about AFL, where it started and where it's gotten to reminded me of when I went to teach breakout at Tennant Creek and heaps of the mob that I hung out there with could already break, first of all, or at least boogaloo. But um, most of them, heaps of them were wearing Tupac singlets and shit like that. I was like, that's... That seems out of context, but is completely, is obviously completely within a context, but I'm unaware of that context. Mm. And somehow Echo is about reference to context to a space or to a time um what's his name William Forsyth did a show that I saw called three atmospheric studies and in one of the pieces there were some of the performers had microphones and they were different clouds which is really cool and so they were affected I think their voices were affected based on how high or low those certain clouds usually are oh. it's like a nice sense of time um, about it but there's definitely some super cool audio shit that could be really beautiful and nuanced within a, a duet especially if they're both mic'd up because you can also move the viewer in close by letting us hear their breathing and then move them right back out and shit like that mm. I want to see um, I don't know if I'll get to see this one but there's the encounter Sydney mm. Festival. This this guy's got a he has a microphone in the middle of the stage. It's this it's this big round thing. I think I think when he turns it around it's a head. I think it's a head. But like mm. a foam. But it's um and he tells you on a story and takes you on a journey and but he just like he he makes all the soundscape as he goes along. Cool. And um Yeah, it got explained to me by Scott Wright from Earth. Mm. And then I tried to explain it to Tari and I didn't do it much justice. So maybe if I just leave it at that. But it was really awesome the way Scott um, described it that I'm 
trying to work out my finances <laughs> to <take> the <laughs> car and to get there. Mm. Um, but that's yeah, that was really like the, the live making of the music, and it's really cool as well. But yeah, I, I think I don't think I ran out of stories because you know even things that have been done before can be done again. You you just look at it in a different way as well. And, well, who knows? Maybe I'll just go to the ballet and remake you know, Swan Lake or something. That can be. Well, that's very political, isn't it? <laughs> a black man doing Swan Lake. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what is. There's many levels of political, isn't there? Like some things that have the appearance of being politicized and are not. They're not actually having any affect. It's, it's just so, um, like, being an indigenous artist, is political. everything is political. Like, I, even if you don't want it to be, people find these political aspects of it. Reading, I can't, I wish I remembered now because this is awkward. I read one of the reviews for that show and they said something about indigeneity and stuff. And I was like, that actually wasn't in referencing it all. That was referencing Drunk Australia. It had nothing to do with indigenous aspects. Like, just because you're an indigenous artist and you're telling a story, even if there's, and even if there's, Mm. Indigenous aspects in there. Not everything has that indigenous. Mm. Like, Misconceived wasn't all about indigenous stuff, and Wollumbin Warning won't be all about indigenous side of things, and neither will the Echo thing, and neither will whatever I'm doing in Melbourne, and neither will the play, and you know, that, that's why I have a mixed cast as well, because we're not just exploring solely an indigenous content, it's, it's the putting of the two together and how they mm. actually. Um, relate to each other and especially in today's society yeah I wonder if you're just making me wonder if it's even possible for something to not have mixed origin or mixed topic or mixed subject matter because all things are informed and affecting and I will say that with it with it being that everything that I do is political, there's also the other side of it where um, I will always end up putting in Indigenous content as well. I try. I, I've, I've tried to not have an Indigenous side of things. But and it also, just happens because, like, that is who I am. Like, even if... Like, I don't have to try. That's one thing that I, I want to work on a bit more. I, when I listened to Lemmy Pony Facio down in Melbourne and he spoke about, like, he doesn't he doesn't put in cultural aspects because it just that's who he is it just happens like he doesn't think about it when he makes a movement and if that movement has cultural inflection it's not that he thought about that it's just that he did it because that's what's in his body mm. so I I'm I, I really like that thought process and not being like oh this isn't aboriginal enough or something <laughs> like that and it's like what are you talking about yeah. Tom like what you do is like you are aboriginal and yeah. what you're doing even if like Oh, who cares if you point your toe or you've, you know, you've not that I go in like arabesques and stuff. But if I do that, like that happens because that's also a part of me through my training. And then once I do, you know, an arabesque into a stomp or something, then it's like, all right, there it is. It's just that, but which is why I want to be a bit more hands-on as well. Yeah. Because then I, I just go out and I just fang out some cory, and then make them learn it, kind of the basic stuff at the moment, and then and then play around with it, get them to mold a bit more. I'll mold a bit more. By them mould a bit more, I mean significantly less than how much I mould. <laughs> I'm not there yet to fully hand over. No. 
No, but maybe it ebbs and flows as well. I, it, yeah, it definitely does. But I guess the thing about, like, if you possibly made something that was not Indigenous enough, with quotation marks, then that is instantly uh, an accusation either from someone else who's made that call or from yourself that you are not Indigenous enough. Mm. And I imagine that's a pretty massive... Um, can of worms to open up to even consider because they seem interlinked if you are making from your knowledge base and constantly learning and you make something not indigenous enough (laughs) like it's a pretty big call I don't know do you ever feel like something comes out that's not indigenous enough because I don't have these worries. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't think I do. I think I almost... I am, um, Not that I have, but I think... That I... Like, when I've applied for Indigenous programs, I more think, have I put enough Indigenous content in there? Mm. More than I think about... Um, well, not indigenous people understand the indigenous side of things, kind of thing. Um, but uh, it's it it. I mean, I just I gotta remember. I just gotta always remind myself. Like it, this is just I'm making work. I never say I'm making it all for me. When people say I don't make work for the audience, they're full of shit. Because it's like then why are you trying to get into a theater and stuff? You should just be dancing in the park if you're making it solely for yourself. If it's a hundred percent for yourself, you don't need to be fighting to get in a theater and wanting ticket sales and stuff. It's for an audience. Like I, I like I definitely make it for myself until a point, and then there's a point where I'm like, now I need to think about the audience. Mm. Like I, I like the idea of smashing out material and getting like the bem, like getting the structure down. So what I did with Misconceive is like, I, I said we got two weeks, two weeks, we smash it out. I got the show done in two weeks, and then we had the final week to now think about the audience because then we had a showing in three days, and then two days after that to do the final touch-ups or whatever before we fly to Melbourne and then have a couple more in the in the two days or so in the theatre and it was just a, it's like those first two weeks was about me it was about getting the show down getting a getting the one hour show 50 minutes whatever it was and then then I had something to put on stage mm. it's like all right that's done Phew, we've got something to put on stage now it's on stage what are they seeing mm. and then that's when the audience comes into me so I, I I still do that. I think I do that. So when they... Yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I had a small thought about it, but no, then I said your face. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds very spiritual, actually, because you... Let's just, you know, stop being 13 for a minute. It sounds very spiritual in the way that you stand as the maker and choreographer from having a set of eyes and then the audience comes into you and has their set of eyes mm. on the work yeah before they even get to the show yeah that's nice it's a nice way to think about it and, um, then, and so then and then I, I don't think about all that um, so why do you need an audience well I mean I, I create stories because I like to share them yeah. I want to you know all the, all the stuff I have 
is, even if it's not this major issue like misconceived, was about the misconceptions of the identity of Indigenous people and then telling it from my own perspective. Well, Umber Warning is about the mountain that's situated on in northern New South Wales title its name is Mount Warning Wollumbin um Wollumbin being the indigenous name Warning being the name that is it like a slash name or anything like Uluru and Ezra it is now okay it's it's Mount Warning Wollumbin Sham which is why I've titled the show Wollumbin Warning also without the mountain I I like (laughs) you know it's a mountain I don't know why like I don't I'm we didn't call it whatever our indigenous name was for mountain, which I can find out one day. But we didn't call it Mount Wollumbin. It was just that's Wollumbin. Mm. And maybe because, you know, our tribal boundaries didn't have like nationwide and all these other mountains that were inside of our geographical area. Yeah. I mean, we had a few, but not like that. But so, you know, when I was with my family and it's like I'm making a show on Wollumbin, they all know what I'm talking about. It's that in, and even though there's a town now called Wollumbin, it's, mm. it's not that I'm making it, which is in the area. Yeah. It's not that I'm making it on that town kind of thing. But um, uh, yeah, and, and then that's looking at you know, the train of thought was gone now. <laughs> Went on a different one. Went on the rocket go. ship. <laughs> um, what's what's your biggest hope? My biggest hope. Uh, my biggest hope is like I would, I would for myself, for my personally, for career-wise. My biggest hope is that I can create work with, uh, with substantially create work good enough to have either a company or just to constantly be able to make work and hire people. Mm. Because my biggest hope is that I can create myself as an employment opportunity for other people so if I take the fact that I'm a graduate from NASA Dance College which is not like a huge dance college but it is getting it's already doubled the size when I was there so mm. graduate 2012 there was like 20 people when I went through NASA been around for 40 this is its 41st year now you know all the top indigenous artists not even just from dance but like from almost all disciplines especially back in the day kind of came through that place um, and you know Bangara spawned out of it and Stephen Page and all those people so Bangara offers the opportunity for like one to two to um, maybe three if you're lucky but probably one or two new younger artists to join them and now being in today's society not every indigenous artist goes to naze their eyes either so I have this kind of there's this thing through naze that when I was at least studying there that when those people graduated it's kind of, if you didn't get it to Bangara, you're, you were lost. You didn't know where you could go or you'd disappear. You'd go back to community, um, you'd stop dancing, you, you would, whatever, whatever the reason. So I've always had this idea that my biggest hope is that I can create a platform where I can make work and hire people, indigenous and non-indigenous, and bring them together for, like I said earlier, reconciliation through my art, but also to create an opportunity for some of the other NASA grads who might not have gotten into Bangara to still have an opportunity to hit in the industry. So other than Bangara, it's kind of like Vicky, which which I was fortunate to jump under her wing and, mm. and still, I'm stuck under it. I've, been, I've tried to get out, but she just looks at me with those eyes and I just, you know, it's okay, I'll stay under here. Well, she's got some good information. Oh, great information. I think she's in New York at the moment, actually. Yeah, sharing the information. Yeah. Um, so like on Wollumbin Morning I've, I've offered it to two of the recent grads who are you know who, who have a 
I think they've both applied for Bangara, so they're obviously going to wait and do the audition and going to wait to hear from them, which is fine because I'll keep that open for them because if they don't get in, it, they'll probably be heartbroken. I mean, I, I say I wasn't, but I'm sure a little bit of me was when I didn't get in. A little bit of that, like, I didn't get in, what am I going to do with myself yeah. as well? Um, and and so there's that spot for them, uh, you know, succumb uh, opportunities for some of the other diplomas that I, that I you know, to give them. Like, they've got like nine diplomas this year or something, which is great. I, I graduated with one other person who did get into Bangara, which is probably a good idea. And he got there and I, I, I went independent. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of like... In a, in a grand grand scheme of things like mm. looking away down it's more that I want to set myself up to be an em- employment opportunity and create more opportunities for more indigenous artists and then for also for non-indigenous artists to learn more about because you know like um, Bangara's got their amazing repertoire uh, what they do and travel all over the world and it's, it's so successful and amazing at the, the shows they put on um, there's all indigenous cast and then um there's Oka's over Oka Dance Company over in WA, which I have no idea what's going on over there at all with them. Um, it's because your name hasn't made it. To no, it hasn't made name. it to WA. <laughs> I send them emails and they get back because they're like, "Who is this guy?" And I'm like, "On the time. East Coast, you would have replied to me straight away." <laughs> in Japan, I'm massive. <laughs> I wish I was in Japan. Oh, Imagine. Have you been there? I haven't been I've been there to yet. Kyoto. I really loved it. Tokyo was. I had to. I was, yeah, you'd be a bit too big. You might get claustrophobic. <laughs> I got a bit claustrophobic. But it's an exciting city. Like yeah. 60 like. and 70 year old whitehead dudes cracking energy drinks at midnight from the vending machines on the street just because everyone's still up well. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am, I am, I had a, I got asked to go to Japan this year, but it's, it clashed with something I already have on. I was like, ah. Oh. Damn it. Um, and what about, so that's like full zoomed out, biggest yep. hope. What about full zoomed in for a particular artwork or a particular creative development or <laughs> choreography? The, or? the two big ones for me is um, I would love to get Misconceive off and I would love to, to just take that to a couple more places. It's it's, it's a weird fit, like, because that's, so that being my first major full-length work and and being like oh i put so much into this 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 you know kind of owned my life for two years and i had a melbourne season and a sydney season which is as amazing as they were it's kind of like oh it's, yeah, it's done like i want to i want it to go places i had tari and kalina and and nat with me who were awesome and then um you know i've got anthony and, and sarah who was on my team down in melbourne who i'd love to bring with to us to go somewhere which would be mm. really great um even if it's even if it's just a little bit i want to try and trying to talk with north or arts northern rivers and trying to take it back home my mum got to travel down and come see me perform in melbourne and awesome. with my cousin who lives there but other than that like none of my family seen me perform because mm. i seem to be always in developments and never touring um always a bridesmaid never a bride well, maybe you could make a musical and then you could be always touring and never develop. That's, that's fine as well. No, I'd get bored of the same story. <laughs> that is one thing. And then the other big thing is that obviously, um, like, it's the, it's the one that's 
not going to have a performance this year at the moment, but I want well, I'm wanting to go really well and to generate mm. some interest and be able to take that to a step where I can get that to perform because that's that's the big big one. Like myself, eight performers, a composer, community input, the the set of you seeing what the mountain was like. I got some money in the I, I get some, if I get it I got the money in the budget to make the mountain kind of thing or and which I have no idea what I'm gonna make mm. it out of or whatever. So it's a big one. Um, so that's it. Like that's my that's my things to get misconceived. To hopefully at least interest to go somewhere else again, mm. um, and to get interest to take Wollumbin Warning further because it's a big one. But I'm I'm also happy to let Wollumbin Warning. I'm not going to rush job that one. That one's it's too important to me. Yeah. Like there's you know it's tattooed on my forearm. I. I, I don't know if I did an I did an interview or spoke to someone that I was listening to from maybe three years ago where I spoke about this project and was like, that's something that's going to be five years down the track though. I want to make sure I've got the skills to give it the correct respect that the mountain deserves, mm. that I know it deserves, and that I want to make sure that I, you know, portray that well enough so people understand that respect for it as well. And um, so it's I'm totally fine like. I mentioned it to the packed guys and they were like, oh, you're going to do that one for the November season? And I was like, no. Nah. No, that's a way too rush job. Mm. Like, no, no, this is... Um, I'm happy I'm happy to do it for some time this year, but it means I need a big block. Like, I need, like, a four- to six-week final development with all the tech specs, looking at all that thing full-time. That's just a lot of money. They're the two small things. And then obviously, hopefully, my show in Melbourne goes amazing without an urban and the mm. show is good at thing and just not get injured. It is a big hope to not get injured. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of little niggles that just kind of pop up every now and then. Mm. Like, up for one day and then go on the next. And it's like, oh, that really was a hindrance yesterday. And then, especially when you're working for someone and then they're like, what's going on? It's like, oh, just my ankle. And they're like, oh need to get a fix and it's like the next day it's like it's better and then it's like two days later you just wake up and it's aching again you're like man I'm really good at strapping my ankle now though that's a that's a bonus have you had any epiphanies hmm I think I think the big one was kind of what we touched on earlier which is no, 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 it's, it was more of an epiphany of a checklist of a plan to have an epiphany of the like figuring out um, what it is I want to be for myself. Yeah. But I, uh, I love the, I know I've thought about like, I, I just assume everyone in the arts has this thought of like, maybe, maybe I'm going to like go do something else for a little bit or something like that. Um, and I, I never really get that anymore. And I think I, I had a realization. I do work another job now, um, but it's not one that interferes at all with being an artist. I'm a personal trainer at an F45, which awesome. is um, great. I freaking love it. And they're awesome at the F45 too. It's just like if I I was rostered on all next week, and it's like, oh, I'm going. And they're like, that's fine, whatever. Because a couple of times they've, you know, oh, can you come and do this? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Like, we've got a really chilled out kind of thing um, so that's great and the hours for that are awesome like I if I run the morning sessions it's like 
start at 5.15, which I know is early, but I finish at 7.30, go home, oh, do everything i got to do, yeah, right. be an artist, and then if I if I'm, can do the afternoon classes, that's the first class starts at 5.30 and then finishes at, at 7.30 again, so it's like, and then I'm done. Awesome. The whole middle day for being an artist, which is great. And that's like just a little bit of extra money a month, which is nice, you know, you can't really complain about that. Mm-hmm. So kind of just enjoying where I'm at and figuring out what it is what it is that I want to I don't know I think the, the more the more talking I want more talking one thing I oh don't know um, where am I going um, I did realize that I wanted to be a, I wanted to have a bit more of an opinion uh, I want to have a bit more of a public opinion this year um, is that why you started Twitter uh, yeah, yeah, but Twitter just doesn't. Quite, I've been on it for a while, but it's um, but more like I'm gonna. So I went to this the conference in Canberra, the junk, the junkie junket conference, and um, you know, I was there because I was something, someone, and I and I said a lot of things, but I I, I did leave going like, uh, and people were like liked what I said, and I. I started up conversation and I shared a lot of cultural things and it made a lot of great friends who I still talk to now and stuff and, and discuss things with. But I left going, oh, I, I, could have, I could have done more, I think. Could have said more things for me. Um, getting, like, seeing articles, like those, those like, social media articles or something, which with these... Um, whether it's, like, people you should follow. Like, there was this Instagram one that BuzzFeed did of, like, 16 young badass Australians you need to follow on Instagram. Was that you? And I was in it. Badass. And I was like, what's this? I was like, sweet. I mean, my Instagram, I got an extra 200 followers out of it. It was score. But it was funny because the picture they used, everyone's pictures was awesome and had, like, you know, probably minimum of 100 was probably the next person's, up to, like, 2,000 likes or whatever or more. Um, and then the picture they used of me was this picture on my Instagram where I just finished doing a workout and I do a stupid face. Um, and I had 15 likes. And I'm like, it doesn't look like I'm blowing up Instagram. Like, because it says it, 15 likes. So I'm like, guys, I've got other ones that have got like 60, 70 likes. That looks a bit better. But um, I want to I wanna do, like, do posts that kind of share more of what it is that I'm about and what I'm doing. Like more of my art with like, captions about it but also um talking on a few more panels and having a bit more of an uh, having a bit more of a voice to issues so the main things really of that those social media things do is there's been a couple of them about um you know talking about things like what this you know Pauline Hanson and Bolt and people having their opinion about it and I have my opinion and I talk about a lot but I don't I don't get into the discussions with people or like then you see like people like Nikia Louie who's just going awesome on things like Q&A and stuff and I just kind of like I I want to join those young indigenous Australians who are who are standing up like I I want to better and I want to change things and so that was kind of a big thought that I've had like that's uh, another and what I do with my art is I, th- I feel like I do that but I'm I'm not making heaps of art that's going everywhere at the moment like I've got a lot of plans to yeah um, I mean that's what I was thinking when you're saying about that's what you're doing but it's not in words and mm-hmm. words are what travels on the internet the quickest words and pictures but live dance shows ha- I, I believe can have profound impact and can somehow like 
circumvent the rational logic that words sometimes hit up against in panel discussions. So possibly you're already doing all of it already. Mm. And it's just like when you decided that you'll do a painting. Now you're like, oh, maybe I'll talk about the things that I'm making works about. Mm. Instead of just talking about the work. Like the root, yeah, the talking about it can be another discipline and your multidisciplinarianism. taking that platform and not even just with indigenous issues either just the issues that are important to me spark conversation and discussion Mm. Mm. do you think there is anyone who is not politicized so you were saying that anything you do seems to be political and I was thinking maybe like everyone is yeah to to an an extent extent, especially to people who they are who don't see them as one of them doesn't matter we don't need answers good because I totally got caught up in watching those dogs walk past yeah (laughs) yeah whenever you feel like you don't know just watch a dog anything to add Tom or we can rap I'm not very good at rapping but I can beatbox and then I can rap yeah yeah alright next one next one that's the next Christmas edition. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you.